Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome you back to this episode of the show where tonight we're talking about the Ghoul Geek Keith's film pick of the week from 2022, Nope, directed by Jordan Peele. What's up in the sky? We're going to find out. But as always, I'm joined nope. by the bold and the beautiful himself, the Ghoul Geek Keith. Hello. Hello, everybody. And welcome. Talking terror. Nope. nope. <laughs> oh, all night long. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Two I hours. Let's just say no. I'm doing well. Thank you. As always, I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon, the Mad Monkey, the Prince of Moore's Day. Get funky with the monkey. Welcome, frat fans. Once again, it is time for Talking Terror, your favorite podcast for horror news, nerd updates, and movie reviews. The only podcast that comes in your ears live every Wednesday night from 9 to 11 p.m. You can also catch any of our hundreds of episodes that are always available on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes, baby. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Talking Terror on both Facebook and Instagram. What's up, frat family? What is up, monkey? monkey? I was thinking about calling you a man. It's the monkey. Yeah. Monkey, monkey show. <laughs> we'll be I mean, into that. We should... <laughs> yeah, we should probably call no, him no, Mad no. Gordy for the rest of this episode. What do you think about no, that, Mad no, Gordy? No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be getting to talking about one, another one of my cousins later on. You you know we will. <laughs> yeah, he's the Mad Monkey. He's not Mad Gordy. That's his other cousin from a mother twice removed. So. That's what we found out. Good old family tree. It's my bro from another hoe. (laughs) All from the same jungle. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? (laughs) We're all each other's daddies in some kind of world. And there he is. That's just weird. That's evolution. That's that's what it says in the Bible. <laughs> we all came from Man, monkeys, it's, so it's there you go. Ash Wednesday, okay? It is Ash Wednesday. So everybody today Ash was Wednesday? supposed to get. There was, it was it's right. Ash Wednesday. It's Hump Day. It's Ash Wednesday. It's Ash Wednesday. It's all the same. You're supposed to go to your church. You go on right on down there. You say, "Hey, I believe in Jesus Christ, Christ Almighty. Ooh. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe." He puts some smudgy, smudgy stuff right on your head and the side of the cross, and you're supposed to say, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to give something up for 40 days and 40 yeah. nights. And then, you know what? <laughs> Easter rolls around, and, and you're like, hallelujah, I am reborn out the ashes like Jesus motherfucker himself. So that's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, I mean. I prefer Ass Wednesday, like you said. I mean, it's just all about that ass. Like, shake it, ladies. Oh, yeah. Ass Wednesday. 
I, I wish we could make that a thing rather than Ash Wednesday. Like, what if for Lent I give up the Bible? Can I do that? Like, do I win? Like, do I win at Catholicism? Do I win the game? Like, does the priest, like, you own the church now. Like, this is yours now. Like, because you, obviously, you know what you were doing when you said you were giving up the Bible for 40 days. And then all of a sudden I have a church. Then I'm like Homer Simpson. I'm just fucking naked running around the church, blasting kiss, and just running around. Yeah, it's rules. It's all mine. That's not something you do normally anyway. All about that love gun. Yeah. Love gun. Yeah. Just, yeah. It is what I do normally after the church is closed, but they don't know. They don't have cameras at the church. Are they going to do a recipe? Jesus was born naked. <laughs> what church you going to, man? Plenty of cameras. The church of ass. Ass and titties. Ass, ass and titties. Like, that's my church. That's the only church I've well, been in. Yeah. Yeah, I believe Dean's all about making that ass clap in the pews, too. Isn't that right, Dean? <laughs> uh, clap. This is correct. But you talk, of this, you talk of this Bible. What what is it that that you are referring to? Because I don't I don't know what that is. The holy fucking Bible, dude. He is <laughs> one of God, he is one of the firstborn. He is one of the first. He, put, he knows of the Torah, the Torah, Torah, Torah. He put Torah. holes oh, in it. Right. Yes. Yeah, well, there's a lot of plot holes in the Bible, I found out. A lot of things don't add up. Plot holes? <laughs> plot holes and yeah, well, things that plot holes. Well, that's the problem with any screenplay is when you have too many writers, man. There's always plot holes that just aren't resolved, you know, and they're just like, fuck it, just shoot it. You know, we're running, we're running out of time. We're running out of budget. We just got to get to <laughs> shooting go, this man. motherfucker. <laughs> we're losing light over here. Go, go, go. Why the hell did they? Why the hell did they started it with pen and paper instead of uh, doing the whole like let's just keep transferring this shit by mouth for a while too? Yeah. Like oh, they did a lot of transference by mouth. I'm sure. Like, you know, it starts to go down and weaken a little bit. No, that's yeah, sure a lot of going down. Transferring by mouth. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of transference by mouth in the Bible. I'm sure. <laughs> sure, there's a lot of that going on when they were writing the chapters. <laughs> Chapter two. <laughs> a lot of gagging in uh, verse three, chapter one. I don't know. Stay in your love. <laughs> I love you, Sky Daddy. <laughs> so now that we've Sky uh, Daddy's completely coming. eliminated the Bible belts from our, our fan base, you know. <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, they were with me to begin with. Yeah. Damn, we took, the, we took out the Bible belt. Ah. <laughs> Good riddance. All, exactly, dude. All the listeners. listeners. Everybody can love horror. It doesn't matter what you fucking believe in. You know what? That's ultimately really what we all are down. That's what we are about here on Talking Terror. We don't give a fuck what your religion is because we don't give a fuck what our religion is. We don't even have one. There you go. <laughs> Oh bullshit! You are you, no, you, no. You you believe in the apostle Loomis like a motherfucker? Don't you even start on me, King, about you don't have a religion. <laughs> well, I mean, I love goth foodies and fishnets. I mean, that's my religion. Establish that. Goth foodies and, and Loomis came, Loomis came down from the mountain and said, "Oh God, no! Oh no, Michael, no!" Talking about he came down from the mountain. He said, "Honey, get your ass away from there." <laughs> Jesus, get your ass away from there. Oh, it's St. Louis. 
Yes, behold. Behold the young child. He's evil. No, that's Jesus. He's good. He's not evil. Oh, sorry. Wrong ninja. Wrong ninja. Sorry, sorry. I meant to go east. I went west. Got to follow that star. So long, everybody. But Jesus, but Jesus doesn't know how to drive. Somebody taught him. He was doing very well last night. He was driving that donkey. Did you see him driving that donkey? He knew. Who <laughs> Give me that donkey butt, them big old legs. I ain't too proud to man. <laughs> I'm telling you, Pontius Pilate, he's a madman. Okay, all right, we'll look into it. We'll <laughs> and read more about that in the local Bible. It's all there somewhere, <laughs> one of the verses. <laughs> it's the book according to Sam Loomis. <laughs> the book of Loomis. <laughs> yeah, the book of Loomis. That's what I should do. I should just dress up like a Mormon, just walk door to door. Hey, can I introduce you to your religion? And this is the book of Loomis. So my Loomis Mormon stuff. But it's not the Mormon that I'm into. It's the Loomisism. Can I, can I tell look, you we about have our template. Lord and Savior, Samuel Loomis? <laughs> do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior, Sam Loomis? Have you heard about it? Here. Not that far Here's a yellow big lighter. Smith, you know? <laughs> Just the yellow big lighter with scripture on it. <laughs> I shall smite thee, Michael. Chapter 10, verse 31. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dean. All right, but uh, Dean, hello. hello. Welcome to the show. Yeah, we went off on the same oh, thank you. Thank Sorry you. about that. Thank you for the – oh, please, don't apologize. I, I always – uh, can appreciate when uh, you know my contributions to the show get put on the back burner for discussions of Christianity and Jesus Christ. It really makes my Jewish heart feel welcome here on Talking Terror. Hello, <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs> I mean, if it I makes you feel any better, show, I, I, show, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Jew is my class in uh, stick of truth. <laughs> there you go, Lahayim and uh, Torah, 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 and. I mean, King, it's, 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 it's not Lahayim. It's oh, not Lahayim. Lahayim. Yeah. Kind of sounds like John Lahayim. With a hot sound. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's fine. You know, I mean, as I was saying, yeah, Adam Green did a short in Shoorama about a killer rabbi uh, beast called uh, Meshuggah. So there you go. <laughs> there's There's some representation. Meshuggah, you know, played by Kane Hodder. Meshuggah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a big old beast of a man played by Kane Hodder. You should check that out sometime. But either way, Dean, we're so glad to have you here. I'm so um, glad to be here. As we roll on, we are so glad because you are back behind the hard desk. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about before the Dean starts talking to us about some hard news tonight? Yes. Super quick. Because <laughs> I know the Dean always loves this part. But we did have a pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, super quick, it's like I just want to sit there and say, yeah, we had Elimination Chamber happen, and it took place in Quebec, Canada, and despite anything else about the pay-per-view, Montreal. I just want to – sorry. 
<laughs> but just want to say, like, that crowd was just phenomenal for pay-per-view. Just a really, really great crowd. Brought a really awesome energy to the pay-per-view. And it's just, you could tell they wanted to be there. They were excited to be there. And it made me feel like a WWE fan again, just to hear fans excited to be at an event. Yeah, I agree. Um, you're, you're not yeah, wrong, definitely. man. You know, uh, no. uh, I've said it for, for a number of years now. I, I thought that it was really just like an East Coast, New York, New Jersey type of thing. But, yeah, I, I think we're kind of like just tempered down here in the States as far as like how much excitement we – and I don't know if it's the venues, if it's security, if it's – we're just not allowed to get fucking drunk enough because when we get so drunk, we get fucking stupid. I have no idea what it is, <laughs> but, you know, it does It does seem like at a, a number of live events that, like, the, the energy levels are just – I don't know. It just seems weird when I see them, especially in other countries, when it's whether it's, like, Europe or whether it's in, in Canada – or, or Mexico, mind you, you know, it's, it just seems like, yeah, they're, they're just having a hell of a lot more fucking fun than we are. Oh, yeah, it was a fun crowd. The OA chants, like, you know, they couldn't even get the match started because the crowd was so fucking loud with their chants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they had to take a minute to be like, all right, wow, you know, and the fuck you Roman chants I loved. I was like, man, they are into this because you don't really hear that in the States too much. A lot of, like, the fuck you, this guy, fuck you, that person. Like, you know, no, they were right out there with their feelings about Roman Reigns. And I was like, I love you know, the Canadians. it's bad in the States because they pump in sound at times. You know, they're putting it over the fucking speakers to try to yeah. get the people to fucking chant. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. So it is. But, I mean, it was, it was a good paper overall, even though we knew what was going to happen with the Roman and Sami Zayn match. But I sent you that picture Absolutely. in the group chat of what he looked like after the fucking match. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, tell me that wrestling's fake. Just tell me after you see a picture like that when him all banged up. Uh, you know what? Look, regardless of my feelings about Cody Rhodes walking into WrestleMania to fucking, you know, challenge Roman Reigns and possibly be the guy to end the fucking, you know, Roman's recent fucking run. But, uh, you know, I can't deny that that fucking pectoral tear and the bruising that came from that was not fucking brutal at uh-huh. and the idea that that man fucking worked a match like a full match not shying away from anything he fucking went full contact with that damn thing that I will give him a lot of credit for man because you know what that, lo- that looks like it would make me cry <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah a hell in a cell match no less that he fought in. So, I mean, even adding to that, like, it's just, it was amazing that he completed it, did what he did. And then, you know, after that, he's like, yep, hospital, please. (laughs) (laughs) But amazing. It was good. But all right, Steve. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I I was agreeing. I just wanted to wrap that up real quick. Thanks, Dean, for letting us talk for a second. What did you got for us this week on horror news, brother? Well, one, well, I appreciate the sentiment. You don't, you don't need to apologize to me. I fully believe in tangents. I'm sorry. And, uh, and off-topic conversations, even though at times it can drive uh, our king of horror batshit crazy, uh, I still do not feel the need for uh, apologies. Speed. You want to talk about, when you want to talk about Roland Reigns and, uh, and Sally Lynch and, and all the rest of the crew vying for the... <laughs> Oh, the, you're the, cute. The, oh, look at him. The 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 um the intercontinental championship of of the wrestling world. Now, 
with wow. that being said, okay, well, all right. <laughs> as all That's of the, <laughs> as all of the different streaming services uh, have talked consolidation and joining forces and uh, trying to figure out a way to uh, have a model that's sustainable, given that there's a streaming service for virtually everything you can think of right now, uh, where if you have a wide variety of interests that are a a large consumer of uh, movie and television media, uh, very easily and quickly can you be paying uh, a monthly bill, all told, way more uh, than you'd be paying for cable, which, you know, all of the streaming options were cool. supposed to be the, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of those were supposed to be the, the cheaper alternative. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, there has been a lot of talk in the HBO Max world uh, as of late, as I, you know, they were uh, pro- uh, going to perhaps have a, a partnership. And uh, with that started axing uh, properties left and right with, uh, you know, with the with the idea being uh, of, of cutting costs, uh, including axing, uh, removing removing uh, series from HBO Max streaming service that weren't necessarily even uh, planning on having additional seasons. Like they have just removed things, uh, you know, that are HBO properties that you will not have an opportunity to watch anywhere else. I believe there's one called. Westworld, uh, which is a perfect example of that, uh, as well as uh, some some movie titles that were made for HBO Max that they're not even going to release, and they will just be sitting in the proverbial can. But uh, HBO, in continuing down this path, uh, while last year it was announced that there was going to be you know reboots or continuations of uh, two popular HBO series, one being True Blood and the other being uh, uh, HBO has announced that both of these plans have been completely scrapped and there will be no more True Blood Woo-hoo! and there will be no more uh, Six Feet Under. So if you are of the mind that you were looking forward to any of this, uh, you can uh, be sad because it's over. It's not going to happen. I weep. Anybody sad? I am very stoked to hear that True Blood is not coming back. <laughs> just because during its original run, it got so ridiculous by the end. I was just like, oh, wow. This really should have just ended at season two. <laughs> I, you know, like, for, yeah. for True Blood, I finished season one, and, like, I started season two, and I never made it very far into, into that series. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, so, so I'm not worried about that. And as far as the... Uh, you know, Six Feet Under, I mean, Six Feet Under was a fantastic series, but, you know, what, it had yeah, its agree. beginning, it had its end, and I was happy with that, you know. I, uh, I didn't think it was anything that, that was needed, you know, any further. I mean, I, I can no, revisit 20-something years later and see where the fucking families are at. And, I, I, you know, it's, it's a popular enough thing that occurs nowadays with shows and, and, and movie series and stuff, so I guess, you know, I, I'm Polar sure house. if it came on, I, w- <laughs> I would have been like, oh, let me take a look and see what's going on with this, you know, with this family. And who knows? Maybe I would have been like, oh, all oh, the nostalgia's hit. And this is fucking genius. And I love it. I miss them so. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I remember, right? The one brother died and fucking everybody else was still yeah. carrying on with the fucking funeral home. Pretty much what happened. Yeah. 
Yeah, if anything, yeah. it's like, you know, it's first, again, like we always say, stop the re- reboot, stop the remakes. Just keep, you know, just keep giving us original material. Yeah, I'm I'm completely fine with that. And, and you know, True Blood, I watched it from start to finish, and, man, it was a fucking just slog to get through that final season. Where it's like they have but uh, not, no stories left to tell. <clears throat> I just want to dive in there. Say. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't watched any of these shows at all, but wasn't that the mindset surrounding the final season of Dexter? And then everybody was super stoked that they were going to bring it back uh, and and make new Dexter. Now I also uh, I've never seen Blood. I've never seen Dexter. Um, but weren't people happy with the new Dexter? Even though apparently the ending of Dexter, people were not happy about. Well, the original run was fucking horrible. Yeah, the original series finale for Dexter was terrible. So when they announced it was, was coming it back for Dexter New Blood. Yeah. Mm. But was it just was it just the series finale or was it like the last season or, or I don't know. I'm, I, I I never watched it. <clears throat> oh, the whole last season was pretty bad. But that series finale yeah, ended the way that they did. The seasons yeah. leading up to the last season were bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like that show definitely was <clears throat> one that kind of like Agreed. petered out. And just, like, it, it, it slid downhill really fucking fast. And then the ending was just... Yep. The problem was the ending was just left very just, like, open, ambiguous, and not in, like, not in a good way, not in a smart way. Right. You know, like, we can look at... You know, we, we can say whatever we want to say about The Sopranos, you know? But when that fucking ending <laughs> occurred, it made people talk. It made people fucking wonder what the fuck happened. And when you look back on it now and you watch it and you pay attention, you realize, okay, you know what? There's a definitive ending there. We know Tony Soprano gets fucking whacked at the end of that fucking, yep. you know, at the end of that series. You just don't see it full on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Dexter, no. Like, so I think people were more excited about the fact that there might be like a, a, a one-season continuation that might give us a better finale than what we initially got, you know. And, like, I, I know the King finally finished the series, and, and he ended up enjoying it. You know, I still have not gone back. I still haven't watched, like, episode three. You know, I think we finished, I think, one or two episodes, and we just never just went back to it again. I'm bad with better that. ending than the series. Yeah, it was kind Yeah, didn't you say it was kind of like, uh, you know, Dexter coming back and going, sorry, we gave you that shitty ending here. We're going to actually give you a decent ending to the show. Well, yeah, it was the showrunners basically saying that. Like, hey, we fucked up. We're sorry. So let's give you this one-off. Pretend like that shit really didn't happen. And we're going to give you something <laughs> else. And it was just much more enjoyable. And it made sense the way that it ended, um, you know. So I enjoyed it a lot more. It's just one of those things where these shows just kind of go through bad seasons. Like I think Dexter peaked at the season with Trinity Killer. Like I think after that, it was just all downhill. Like they just didn't know what to do season anymore. Like three, they had a great season fucking three and season. Four. Yeah. After that, they're like, well, what do we do? <laughs> like, there's really nothing else for Dexter to do. So we'll just throw in these things and just see what lands. I mean, Lost did the same thing. Lost was like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Like, we don't even know Lost. anymore. We're just fucking making episodes. <laughs> Lost was not designed for multiple seasons. You know what I mean? Like, Lost was nope. seriously designed to be like, hey, surprise everybody, M. Night style, everybody's dead. 
But then everybody figured that out right from the start. So then they were like, well, fuck, we can't really play that, can we? So now now let's figure out how, as many ways as possible to tell everybody, nah, they're not dead. Nah, they're not dead until the very last season. And then we're going to say, hey, you know what, everybody? You were right from the start. They've been dead. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just it, it's like, it was like an insult the fact that they did it that way where it's just like oh yeah actually they were dead the entire time so yeah that that show man <laughs> time travel and the Dharma Initiative it's like wasn't a show just about a bunch of people that crash landed on an island at one point like why are we here like yeah. it's just you know see this is why we don't like J.J. Just... Abrams <laughs> well, flashbacks oh. flash forwards fucking sidesteps. <laughs> They started they started coming up with all kinds of names for shit they were doing in that show. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was terrible. But anyway, Dean, moving on, what else are we talking about? In the in the words of things going away, uh things that are coming back, Tom Hardy uh has said that Venom three uh he has confirmed that Venom three is in production uh and that it is going hmm. to be uh directed by screenwriter Kelly Marcel. Uh, so uh, if you are a fan of Venom, uh, Venom 3 is in production. Interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I actually like the sequel. There's been a number of, uh, I guess, rumors and partial announcements and stuff in regards to like a, a number of these things. I mean, I know Tom Holland, supposedly his contract is now six films. So I guess what they're thinking is is three Spider-Man movies, and mm-hmm. uh, the I think what they're saying is you're going to have Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars, and now they're thinking because uh, there's an unnamed Avengers movie. So I guess the idea is that Secret Wars will probably be broken up into two films, uh, which makes sense considering. Uh, pro- again, you're probably talking like yeah. You know, we're saying Secret Wars one and two, but it's probably going to be more like how Infinity War and Endgame was split up. Um, yeah, and and then you've got you know whatever they're going to do with the Venomverse, which we know they want to do the Sinister Six thing with that. And mm-hmm. you know, there's no way they're going to be able to keep the Venomverse going and not have a Spider-Man start getting involved nope. with it. So now whether or not they're going to try to introduce something different, whether they're going to bring in Andy Garfield and make him a part of that, I think no. You know what? I think Marvel no. Disney wants, Mar- wants Miles, so I'm sure the idea mm. is to eventually have Tom Holland step down and then they'll work out Miles Morales to, to again, into a similar deal where you'll have him playing S.I. Morales? The Marvel Universe. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eastside Morales is Spider-Man. <laughs> Pedro Morales, too, while well, well, we're at it. You know, yeah, it's, the whole, it's the whole Morales family. I think Tito Santana is part of it, too. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think the idea is to have uh, to have Miles Morales kind of you know start coming in there and playing you know between the two, and you'll probably have like a major into the Spider Verse type of possible death of fucking Tom Holland. Who knows? I mean, the multiverse is here with Quantum Mania, so you know it's uh, which was it, amazing. It should be interesting. I it. It's Without a doubt, a good time. Yeah, oh, it was yeah, really did great. Because you, you you both went to go see that, right? Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, did you guys have fun checking that out? Is, despite I what did. the Rotten Tomatoes says? 
<laughs> uh, I'm good, though. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, listen, I, I, I've seen the movie twice. Uh, I went there, you know, a second time to see it while it was still fresh. I, you know, I didn't want to let too much time go. So that this way, like, you know, the first time watching it, obviously, you know, trying to pay attention to just the plot. Second time, it's like, all right, let me, let me try to kind of give it almost a talking terror treatment and, and see where I can poke holes in this now. Like, did, did I really enjoy mm-hmm. it or was I just excited to finally see a multiverse level movie? Um, it's a little bit of both. There are plenty of plot holes in the film. There are a lot of things that, are, oh, so many. you know, <laughs> like there's, there's some weak story points. You know, I'm not going to, I am not going to agree with whatever the Rotten Tomatoes stuff is. I think that's just a lot of, I think people are just in that regard are just kind of tired of the whole Marvel thing. You know, I mean, like, listen, Marvel has dominated the box office, you know, for however long. And, you know, when Mar- we say Marvel, we mean Disney. So, and, you know, how everybody feels about like Disney. Um, but, you know, I think you can see that even in just, uh, like, the, the other reviews coming through now. It seems like, you know, the majority of the fans really enjoyed this movie. It's just, you know, the, mm-hmm. the critics did not like it as much. So, whatever. Who cares? I mean, I, I was happy with it. I walked out both times. And even with all the plot holes and all the all the stupid shit that I, I, I thought that they could have done better or did differently, I still liked the movie from, from start to finish. So uh, I'll look forward for the home release, and, and that's the next time I see it. Because the next movie on my docket, you know, just, just to bring this back to horror, fucking hey, man, I'm going to see Cocaine Bear tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm going Saturday. <laughs> I, I fucking, I'm so fucking ready for Cocaine Bear. Like, I was like, all this week, I'm like, Cocaine Bear Saturday, Cocaine Bear Saturday. Like, you know. I'm so fucking down. Like, I can't wait for it. I just, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see that and watch that discussion about that. Yeah, and Ant-Man, I didn't care for Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie. thought it was like a very wooden performance. Not very good. Modoc was just like fucking just so weird. He's my favorite part, though. It was funny. It was a funny way to bring him in. He's, he was comic <laughs> relief without having to be too fucking yeah. silly. Because he's a I fucking... Agree. He's a head. You know what I mean? He's a fucking <laughs> yeah. head in a robot body. And he's not a dick. He's, so he's, not he's dick. definitely not a dick. He didn't die a dick. He didn't live a dick. Well, he lived as a dick. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird one, man. You got to see it to fucking know. No. Yeah, you got you to gotta live <laughs> And Jonathan Majors as Kang was my favorite part. Like, I thought he fucking just dominated that character. Like, he owned that character of Kang, you know, coming up with the Kang Dynasty in 2025. So I just can't wait to see more Jonathan Majors in the MCU. Because I was just blown away by how good he was. Um, way excited to see Jonathan Majors in Creed Three, you know. So I, I, I will be seeing That's right, him very, very soon. He looks yes. and it looks and, phenomenal. So uh, yeah, the 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 early reports are um, are that I've seen without uh, seeing specifics actually uh, are all uh, positive. Uh, as far as the reports on the directorial job from Michael B. Jordan. Uh, but the biggest praise that I have seen uh, does go to Jonathan Majors. Uh, this film will be released on March 3rd, and uh, I, even though it will be playing right here in town, I'm going to be making the trek uh, to see it in IMAX because what I, what I did just learn recently is that all of the fight sequences in the film were specifically filmed for IMAX. Uh, so I oh, will be cool. looking forward to checking that out. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask uh, you, Dean, and the ghoul. Like, it was shot for IMAX, those scenes. Like, is that a movie you want to go pay the extra money to go see in IMAX? Like, it does, I don't think it's a movie that lends itself I'm, I'm going to that kind to. of experience. I, I, I don't have to. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 like, look, I'm talking, uh, the difference for me is going to be, like, a four-minute walk uh, versus, like, a right, right. potentially 30 to 35-minute drive. Uh, I'm going to make the drive uh, based on uh, the trailer um, and given what appears to be the location, at least of the final uh, fight in this film. I don't know how many fights there are going to be in this film, uh, but given that they say that the fight sequences were filmed specifically for IMAX, then I want to go and do it uh, and see it. Now, uh, sure, you might think, oh, uh, you know, this is not some, you know, big type of, IMAX film, but given right. uh, the scope of the, the, the fights, uh, I think that it will be kind of worthy of spectacle. And aside from the fact that, you know, this is the third film in this saga, but the ninth film uh, in the overall saga that I have been watching since I'm seven years old. So I certainly uh, don't mind uh, taking the extra drive and spending the extra money uh, to support a property that has given me uh, so much joy for like 90% of my life thus far uh, and continues to do so as the years go on. So I'm stoked to check it out on IMAX. Well, fucking said, man. And see, yeah. with, with A-List, you know, with AMC's A-List program, you don't pay any extra for any of the other screens. So I don't have to pay fucking anything. I just got to go to a different theater. I'll, uh, I'll probably head to either New Brunswick or uh, or Mammoth, uh, you know, the the Mammoth Mall Theater in Eatontown. And yeah, I, I know that also they're doing like a big IMAX premiere, which is uh, I I may not I haven't fully decided yet, but it may be my reasoning for not being here next Wednesday because it is releasing on March first. Uh, for the, uh, the 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 big early access premiere, so I will let you guys know uh-huh. during the week if I will be here Wednesday, or if I will be. Well, I mean, I guess depending on what time I go see it, too. So I might be back in time to get back on in the show. I'd be like, yeah, fucking a, three, three, I'll ruin it all for you, team. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> well, yeah, don't ruin it for him. You know, it's a big property. So yeah, that was just my question because I. I mean, I don't know. Like, if I was as big as a fan, like, uh, as you are, Dean, I don't think I would mind seeing it as on a standard screen. Like, I think I would just want to have the experience of being back in that world. I don't know if I would want to pay just to see it on a big fucking screen. Like, you know, I think that would be okay seeing it on 2D as well. Well, it's not 3D. It's just IMAX. It's that they use the IMAX well, cameras standard. For, the, yeah. for the large... You know what I mean? My guess is it's going to be because of the size of the fighters, being able to get them, like into full screen fight sequences, you know? I don't think they would have announced it this way as a specific thing, including an early release in IMAX only if it wasn't something that they really did it, you know what I mean, like really feel special about. Um, I think it's almost like seeing Avatar. Like, you know what I mean? Why why go see Avatar if you're not going to see it in the full 3D? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, why can't Cocaine Bear be in IMAX? I'd pay that ticket. <laughs> just, just, just rails of cocaine all around the theater. <laughs> 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 
IMAX 3D <laughs> cocaine bear. I'd be fucking there. <laughs> it's amazing. I feel the cocaine just drifting into my nostrils. Wow. <laughs> That's so <laughs> real. Experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just have the ushers walking around just drafting cocaine in the air. Here you go, guys. Full experience. <laughs> yeah. Fucking movie rules. <laughs> I feel like Diamond Dave. God, God, check out this in there. God, I just got out of a paper. It was so real. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got so many ideas. I got so many ideas for a sequel. Like, did you see it in 40? Yeah, they were just passing on cocaine like hors d'oeuvres. It's great. No, but but then it's going to be that that same old couple is sitting ahead of you again. He's going to have to get up and be like, no, I need to go away. <laughs> I'll take my cocaine to go, please. Oh, okay. He's taking it home. He's not even doing it here. <laughs> all right. He just wants a regular experience. But all right, Dean. Moving on. What else are we talking about? Uh, we've talked about things that are going away and things that are coming back. Uh, but um, back in the realm of things that are going away, uh, we know that uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Kevin Bacon was involved in the shooting of a pilot for a potential Tremors series for sci-fi that ultimately uh, did not get picked up. And uh, Mm -hmm. now it's been said that uh, Universal Studios subsidiary 1440 Entertainment uh, has been developing a reboot film with Bill Watterson uh, directing, uh, and that also has now been canceled. Oh, wow. It's just been a long... It's just just been a long, uh, disappointing... Uh, you know, path uh, for any type of uh, tremors property to 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 come to to come to life once once again. It's tough, yeah. Because I know Bacon said that he'd love to fucking just have that release and still do it, make another movie, continue with the series. Even, Unfortunately, Fred Ward yeah. passed, and he can't come back. Aside sucks, from but. aside from the sci-fi series that uh, didn't get picked up from pilot. Uh, Kevin Bacon has continued to say that, what, like, even if it's a new movie or something, that he's just like he would be stoked to, to get back to it. He's continued to sit to make yeah. the statement. Yeah, he, he loves that character, and love, I would love to see it. But I guess yeah, the interest for Tremors just isn't strong. Any of the other four sequels? Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like. Look, I can't speak to the quality of, of the sequels for Tremors because I've only seen the original film, but I'm going to imagine, given the time period in which these were coming out, that the returns were increasingly uh, less satisfactory compared to the original. And I guess in those times, oh, yeah. it would make sense uh, that Kevin Bacon, who uh, certainly was in a lot of uh, bigger budget properties in that time frame would not have been interested, but I feel like he's one who has like reached the stage of his career where he can just be like, I don't give a fuck and want to be in whatever kind of things I want to be in. Like he is going to be, if I'm, if I remember correctly, like he's going to be in the, the upcoming toxic Avenger uh, reboot with a pretty significant, yeah. as a pretty significant character, um, you know, in post tremors, uh, Kevin Bacon was in a lot of big, bigger movies. Um, so, you know, now uh, I feel that he and his wife, uh, Kira Sedgwick, uh, they they were two people that actually lost uh, a significant amount of their money in the Bernie Madoff scam. 
Uh, I feel Ooh, that, yeah, that's right. uh, they, they have, have been able to, uh, repair their finances. I can't remember the name of it, but she was in a very popular, uh, show on USA for many years as the, the female closer. lead, uh, was that at the closer and, you yeah. know, and he's continued to, to work as well, but now he seems to have come to that place in his career where he's just going to kind of like do what he wants to do and, 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 and whatever. And you can look back on being in this, this movie Tremors that's still so beloved from so long ago. And now at this point in his career, they're like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll go back to that. Yeah, I know, but don't yeah he needs to pull in the speak about how much you, Don't speak about how much you love it and all this and that. Like, I, 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 you know what? I get it completely when you're talking Tremors 3, 4, and 5. Okay? Those were all, like, straight for cable, Direct straight video. for sci-fi channel type of <clears> shit. <throat> but yeah. Tremors 2 was pretty much on the heels of the first Tremors, you know? And uh, yep. if you like a year later. pay attention to the plot, he would have fit very well into that movie because it was the continuation of Fred Ward, and, you know, he now has to train a whole other character because fucking Valentine didn't come back, you know? And, and that would have been the one to do because that would have made the money. He could have been paid for it. No, I mean, you know, again, I have no problem. As an no, actor, man. If he didn't want to do, like, if he wanted to Vin Diesel it and not do sequels, that's fine. But don't sing your love for the fucking character now when you're at a point in your career <laughs> where you're willing to do just about fucking anything to make a buck. Mm. He's just yeah. tired of going with his brother look, doing the I, Bacon Brothers children's music. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't, um... You know, I, I I had to just look up the 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 time frame, uh, and the first Tremors came out in in 1990, and mm-hmm. uh, in that time, uh, the second Tremors didn't come out until '96, uh, and in that time, like he was in 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 between Tremors and Tremors Two, like. He was in some pretty, I'm looking right now, he was in some pretty significant, like, big-budget Hollywood features, like, top-shelf stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like Wild Things? Uh, not uh, <laughs> Wild Things. No, no, that came after. That came after. That came that after. was in 99. Uh, but yeah. Apollo 13, uh, The River Wild, yeah. A Few Good Men, JFK, Flatline. No, not Flat. Yeah, Flatliners. Like, yeah. these were, like... JFK, A Few Good Men, significant like the movie. River Wild, Apollo 13, Sleepers. Like, those are big-time significant movies. Like, uh, Tremors 2 went straight to video. It didn't even go in the theaters. Like, strategically, I can see at that point in his career why he wouldn't have wanted to go back and do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, but... Like, I, I, again, all, all of the movies, <clears throat> yes, all obviously significant, bigger-budget movies, but you know what they also are? are all mostly ensemble casts. So yeah, very true. Ask, but when you have the you opportunity, me, you know, you could be the fucking star of a movie or you could just be one of fucking a bunch of cast members. And sleepers you can be you, you know, can, I mean you can be <laughs> you can be the that was okay. Sleepers sleepers like in its time yeah. but like here's the thing. We can sit here and argue the quality of these films. Yeah, you can be the lead in the straight-to-video Tremors 2, where even if you're part of an ensemble cast, just looking, just looking at this list of films right there, you're talking about working with Barry Levinson, Oliver Stone, Ron Howard, like top-shelf directors, um, and who was, who was the director of A Few Good Men. 
uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but Barry Levinson directed Sleepers, Oliver Stone directed JFK, uh, Ron Howard directed Apollo 13, um, and uh, A Few Good Men, uh, which, yes, part of an ensemble cast again for sure. Um, where is it? A Few Good Men, A Few Good Men. Never saw uh, it. Was directed, was directed by you Rob Reiner. A Few so Good like, Men? Wow. Jesus. No, I've never seen uh, it. Outstanding no. fucking courtroom drama. Um, yeah, man. But, Probably but, I never but saw yeah, it. And Jack so, Nicholson is awesome as shit. <laughs> yeah, Tom, no, the whole cast, the whole cast is is outstanding. Um, Except Tom Demi Moore. Is fantastic. Demi Moore is fantastic. <laughs> JT Walsh is fantastic. Uh, Jack is fantastic. Kevin Bacon is great. Um, uh, fuck, uh, Lieutenant Weinberg. I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now. Um, and uh, and anyway, uh, great great film. But yeah, like I like I get it in in that time frame for sure. Given. Uh, the quality of director he was working with, even though they were ensemble films. I don't know. No, I, I don't uh, disagree with you. You know, I'll, I'll make an argument for the sake of argument anyway. Um, but you know what? Actually, I didn't realize that there was such a big stretch of time between Tremors 1 and 2. It felt like yeah, it, was me, I needed, I thought it was like a year later. Yeah, I, I thought <laughs> Tremors 2 came. I like, yeah, for some reason, I thought I remember it being out by like 92 or 93. No, I'm looking right now. <laughs> yeah. That's Tremors crazy. 1990 96. and Tremors 2 was uh, 1996. Wow. A long haul between movies. And a direct video one, no less. But yeah. You know, long enough to where even Reva McIntyre didn't even want to be in it. <laughs> one, uh, one, one of his films uh, that he was in in that time, uh, directed by uh, Curtis Hansen in 1994, um, where he, you know, in some way, it's a small ensemble, but he is one of the leads. Uh, outdoor action adventure film uh, called The River Wild with Meryl Streep. I've seen it. Uh, yeah, a good movie. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah, really solid action adventure. And not only that, like it's um it's it's beautifully shot. Like the cinematography uh, and and its outdoor locations, like it just really looks so stunningly beautiful. Although the sequences that they're on the river, so uh, that's one that um you know it's just another one of those kind of uh. You know, I've, I know I've talked about numerous times on the show the kind of mid to late 80s into the early to mid 90s when there was like a whole assortment of thrillers uh, that were aimed at uh-huh. an adult audience. And, and this is one that slots kind of right into that to that group. But that's that's a really solid film. Uh, you know, and I really like that one. It's good. Um, I always prefer Whitewater Summer over River Wild. Yeah, but those, those are some of the things. But, but here's the thing. Whitewater Summer, Whitewater Summer is Whitewater great Summer is better. and I love it, but that, but that, that doesn't fall like, in the, in, under the category of like a thriller made for an adult audience. Like that's like oh, a, no, I you know, that's like a summer camp kids, like, for, like, like not a kids yeah. movie, but like that's, that's built to like a, like a tween kind of young teenage audience for sure. And I love that movie. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but they're like, no, me too. Totally I, different I, yeah, and another but one where, where Kevin movies. Kevin Bacon playing like a smarmy a smarmy unlikable villain in that one as well. Yeah, yeah. But all right, you know what? What's, what's I can't complain because we got yeah. we got our share of Kevin Bacon this year. You know, in the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special or holiday special. So, oh, oh dude, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kevin Bacon. It's your favorite actor. What the hell am I doing here? Oh, he was so good in that fucking 
He's, yeah, he's, he's but, the greatest American hero of all time. Or like Tom Holland said, yeah. he never was. We couldn't get White David Hasselhoff, but we got him again. Whitewater yeah. Summer, was it um, was it Corey Haim or Sean Astin? Who was the kid? Sean Astin. One of those two. Sean Astin. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was one of those two. I knew it was one of those yeah, two. Yeah, definitely Astin. But anyway. But, yeah, I thought it wasn't. But, yes, moving on, Dean. Moving on. Uh, in uh, The Return of the Living Dead, the, the UNITA... Uh, med supply, medical supply warehouse, uh, one of the important locations uh, from the film, uh, in the time since Return of the Living Dead has been uh, turned into a private residence. Uh, this three-bedroom, four-bathroom, 9,180-square-foot property is now currently on the market for a cool uh, $7 million dollars. Uh, located at 698 Bolton Avenue in Los Angeles. Uh, you can see the listing uh, right on Zillow or Redfin or Realtor, and you can see inside that it has been totally turned into a beautiful uh, interior residence. Um, interestingly or not interest, interestingly or not interestingly, uh, there is no mention of its cinematic history uh, in any <laughs> of, of the for sale listings. Uh, that I have seen, which kind of usually, I don't know, man, like, I feel like all the time, I, I, don't, I do not know. I feel like I've on many genre properties that have gone up for sale uh, on the show, and they're always proud to tout that history, but I did not see any listing of its cinematic history when I was looking at the Zillow, uh, the Zillow advertisement for this property. But if you have a cool $7 million and want to live in Los Angeles, uh, in this piece of in this small piece of cinematic history, uh, the opportunity is yours right now. Oh man, if I had that kind of money, I would restore it back the way it looked back in that movie. Put the fucking you need a sign out front. <laughs> Put all the canisters in the fucking cellar. Oh man, I would just have so much fun <laughs> living in that fucking car property. Man hanging, you need a a car man hanging out somewhere, scaring the fuck out of people. <laughs> yep. Just emerging outside parades, like, you know, oh, shit. And then I also heard that the, uh, <laughs> oh, I definitely would. It would definitely be a tour. Like, it wouldn't be just a house, but I would have my bedroom in the corner, and then everybody else could just tour it, and I would just get money off of that. But um, I also did hear that the warehouse that was used in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, for Silver Shamrock is being knocked down. Like, they're actually in the process of tearing it the fuck down because they want to put up some shops and stuff like that on that location. So, kind of sad news if you're a fan of Halloween 3. The fact that you'll never be able to see that factory again. It's going to be gone under the wrecking ball. So, I saw that earlier. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. That was a cool fucking location for that movie. Okay. All right, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking uh, there has been an endless stream of Blumhouse film releases, and uh, they're looking to expand their footprint with a new subsidiary as they break into the world of video games with the founding of Blumhouse Games uh, to oh. create horror video games. Oh my. Uh, they are planning to partner with independent game oh developers my. that can uh, bring in uh, horror games uh, below... Uh, with budgets below $10 million. Uh, and by going this route, they believe they will be able to enable innovation and creativity. Uh, so Blumhouse has entered the world, uh, the realm of, of horror-themed video games. Uh, 
Can't wait for Halloween Ends video game. Play as Corey. Beat the fucking Michael Myers. Have fun. We already had that. It was a free playable game. <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't yeah, really get into the nitty gritty. Oh, speaking of games, <laughs> did you play the cocaine bear game? I have not yet, but I, I'm going to be playing it. <laughs> but I did. I just yeah. <laughs> Is it fun? I made it to look. It, it, it's a cute little Pac-Man game where, you you know, like the dean had said, you know, you have to go around and you have – the thing is you have to eat the – got to go around and eat the cocaine to actually keep your life levels up, you know. And then the thing is always go for the ambulance. Always go for the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But, yeah. yeah. But but it's weird that with Bloomhouse doing this, it's like because they're saying they want to start and create new game content. It's like, but they have you know a huge catalog of movies already. It seems weird that they wouldn't try that first of basing games off of their own movies. Probably because they'd be boring video yeah. games. Like I couldn't imagine playing a Happy Death Day to me video game. <laughs> be bored within the first five minutes. Like oh, you just got to repeat the same day over and over again. You like the Back to the Future game for NES, where you're just fucking going around town collecting clocks. <laughs> the fucking game, dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> dude there was oh, there were some NES games, man, that were just yep, yep. I I had high hopes for that shit. I was like, oh. Look at this, man. He's going to go to the future. You're going to get a fucking DeLorean. You're going to time travel. I remember seeing the fucking the screenshots of that shit in Nintendo Power and being like, oh, I'm going to fucking ride a hoverboard. I'm going to do all this shit. And then, yeah, you ran around fucking town collecting clocks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, one of those fucking wonderful, uh, wonderful... Yep, yes, it was. They They made a lot of bad fucking... Movie-based video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, LJN yeah. <laughs> yep. made shit fucking games, but we played them all. Also, Jaws also made a really bad Punisher game. <laughs> uh, listen, oh, I, you know what? Yeah, I, I can't bad. even lie. I liked fucking Jaws the video game. I did. I didn't oh, like you're it. You're the one. <laughs> yep. You know what? I swimming around the on the water, collecting fucking conch shells, fucking upgrading my shit. And you know what? The day I figured out that fucking I needed to use that fucking thing to to make the fucking shark pop out of the water and I could thrust my ship forward and stab him and I killed that fucker, I was like fucking, uh, I was like, seriously, you don't understand. I probably spent about a year and a half just swimming around, not having an idea what the fuck to do in the game. I didn't, like, I would let the, the fucking thing would come up to where you would see the, the bow of the ship and I could make the shark pop mm-hmm. out. But I didn't know you could make the fucking, you were supposed to pop the bow to stab the shark. It ain't like they told you what to do in the instruction manual. Nope. You know, the instruction sure manual, didn't. you open the book and it says, oh, you're swimming around as fucking, you know, fucking Sheriff Brody's son and you're going to collect conch shells and do this and that. So, yeah, no, you know what, man? The day that that finally happened, it was like one of those fucking, like, random, like, oh, let me hit this button. And then I killed the fucking thing. And I, like, I, I was like I was like Brody at the end of the first Jaws movie. I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Just running around hugging people. We are the champions played in the background. <laughs> I did it! <laughs> I figured it out. Oh my god, the shark! I did it. I'm fucking proud of myself. <laughs> Everybody, I killed the shark in my video game. Love me. 
<laughs> what video game? Okay. You play you play Jaws the video game? Might as well play the yeah, fucking, fucking Ninja video. Turtles video game. Disarming bombs. Oh, water no. in the fucking oh. worst swimming levels imaginable. Oh, my God. Impossible fucking underwater levels. <laughs> to this day, I have nightmares of those fucking levels. I just wasted Ninja so Gated, many turtles. Level six dash mm. two. I see you, bro. No. I remember you fucking well. Goonies two. That whole <laughs> fucking mess of a game. Still to this yep. day, I haven't Did, beaten it. <laughs> didn't understand. No, I never beat that one. I didn't even understand that one. I didn't even realize that was supposed to be a sequel to the movie. I just didn't understand. It made I, no sense. I played that game going. What the fuck is what's going on? None of this shit was in the movie. So so why am I doing any of this? And why is there a mermaid? Yeah, I know. Why did Andy become a mermaid for some reason? I don't get it. <laughs> why are the Fratellis still after me? Aren't they in jail? And why am I listening like, to a whoop of Cindy Whopper's Goonies are good enough over and over again? <laughs> no, it's just your fucking mind melts after hearing that song on a loop and playing that game. Put something different on. I don't want to hear anything, but I gotta hear it on the loop. But all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Let's hmm. see. Oh, that was last week. Uh, hmm. <laughs> uh, Eli, Chamberlain. <clears throat> that he, we all know Eli Roth is is hard at work. Nope. Uh, preparing Thanksgiving to get <laughs> uh, it out for the Thanksgiving season, and it's been announced. Hell that, yeah! I mean, I've seen I've seen conflicting reports. I've seen that okay. Patrick Dempsey. I've seen that Patrick Dempsey is in, in talks uh, to star as the sheriff in Thanksgiving, but I've also seen reports that say that Patrick Dempsey has signed on to be the sheriff. But apparently Patrick Swayze, uh, Patrick Swayze, Patrick Dempsey uh, is, is attached <laughs> How'd they get to his Thanksgiving in, in some <laughs> Rest in peace, Mr. Swayze. <laughs> Eli it's Ross got some oh, you, you are missed <laughs> It's going to be a CGI Patrick Swayze <laughs> He's like the wind <laughs> He's like the wind He's going to be dancing around the whole movie <laughs> right, So we'll see I mean that that's cool casting I just kind of wish they got Michael Bain back Because he played the sheriff in the trailer and I was like oh that would be so cool if they got him back For the actual movie but you know, I'm on board with Dempsey. I mean, I you know, not a big fan of him, but it'd be cool. I mean, oh, come on, that's Lover Boy. That's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I will admit that. It's him just going around banging fucking older women as a pizza boy. <laughs> Such a good movie. Pop, 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 pop. Um, <laughs> bad man, um, bad yeah. man. I mean, he was in Scream 3, so he knows his horror. What a bad fucking role that was. Uh, <laughs> can he be killed? Can we have him? Can he kill him? No, he's going to survive. Okay. It's fine. But, you know all what? right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Well, yeah, I think ahead. of Scream, and I think of, like, this man. Like, yeah, I definitely, I, I think of him, and I think of fucking Jerry O'Connell from Scream 2. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. There was another, like, <laughs> shit role. Like, you know, hey, hey Jerry, we're going to hire you. We're going to put you in this movie because pretty much we just want everybody to think you're the fucking villain for the majority of it. That's what they tried to do with him, and it didn't work with Jerry O'Connell because he's just too fucking nice. And then he does the whole fucking dance with "I think I love you," and that what love is mm-hmm. made of. And like, oh shit, so he's doing Top Gun. <laughs> he's doing Top Gun. He must really love Sydney. 
And then Kincaid shows up and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, is he the killer? <laughs> you know, he's not. He's just a bumbling fucking cop in this movie. He's just a better looking Dewey. So, yeah. Two movies where you have two red herrings that just don't work out. But yeah. I'm going to give you my letters. Ooh, that's a big no-no, Jerry O'Connell. Better not do that. I know who it is. It's Red Herring. You've got to stop blaming him. <laughs> All right, dude. So what else are we talking about? Let's see. What else are we talking about? Frank Grillo says that there is a final uh, Purge film script ready to go. Uh, he has told the studio nice. uh, it's been uh, written by James DeMarco, uh, who also wants to direct as he did for the last DeMonico. few. Uh, DeMonico, excuse me, uh, as he directed the last few of the uh, Purge films. Uh, Frank Grillo says that this final film uh, centers around his Purge character, uh, Leo Barnes, uh, and he says that Blumhouse would be out of their mind to not do one more purge film, but apparently the ball is in Blumhouse uh, court on whether or not they want to return to the universe of the purge. Yeah. Well, they did the forever purge. That's how that turned out. So Maybe they're not so keen on doing another one, but we'll see. It wasn't a bad movie, but just wasn't, you know, wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be, but I don't care if I watch it. I know I own it. I don't think I watched so it. Yeah, I know, I <laughs> of course you own it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Before, but I own it. I own all these fucking movies. But I've never, I've never seen it. Like, I just bought it. It really is. <laughs> I buy shit all the time. Please. It's so bad. I'm just, I'm the yeah. fucking like impulse buyer when it comes to shit. It'll be like, oh look, it's in the 4.99 fucking like I, I call it the 4.99 <laughs> bin. But it's like the four ninety nine specials that they do every week, and I, I, I like it. Like targets me. I like eat that shit up because if it's not movies that I already have, it's like, oh man, I better get that because it's not like it's like it's like one day it's gonna go away digitally and it's never ever gonna be available again. <laughs> it's like, well, that's kind of stupid thinking, Keith. Don't you think? And no, I, I just want it anyway. <laughs> I haven't bought anything yet this week though, so we'll, so we'll see. I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> I have all these movies. <laughs> They're in the cloud. They'll never go away. Right? Right? <laughs> right. So you go to watch that one movie and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, so what well, else happened. are we talking about? Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Right? It did. It happened. So. Yeah, and, that, happen. and then they re it to me again when they re-released <laughs> they it. They did. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Oh, man. Your shit's like you're on fucking crack, man. <laughs> like, we took it away, but it's back in. Oh, shit, it's back again? All right, cool, cool. All right, $3? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I paid like full fucking fourteen ninety nine for that shit, man. Oh, God, no. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe nine ninety nine. It wasn't four ninety nine. Oh, even that's too that much. much. Oh, even nine ninety nine. dollars too much for the Rob Zombie movie. It was already insulting, okay, man? I, I don't need your fucking <laughs> your extra shit, okay? Uh, I fucking had to complete the fucking series. Trust me. There's shit that I still haven't completed that I have, and I have to buy, like, the sequels and shit, and I just can't. I won't buy fucking Halloween Ends. Like, it's still, they're still trying to charge you, like, 25 bucks to fucking buy it. And I'm like, I'm not spending that fucking money on that fucking crap movie. I don't care what I got to do to fucking finish the, oh. uh, the, the the Blumhouse fucking version of the series. I'll wait until that shit's in the bargain. I have it. the fucking rapper. 
yeah. <laughs> I bought it at Walmart and still the fucking wrapper. I'm like, I'm a completionist. I have to have them all. Not the Rob Zombie ones. They can fuck off. I don't have those. But I have the Blumhouse <laughs> three movies and I have the original Ghost. Uh, I, I hate myself. Like, I hated myself when I bought it. I was like, you're, you're a fucking asshole, dude. <laughs> you're buying a movie that you fucking hate. <laughs> just so you continue your completionist. <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? I was like, I don't know. I hate myself. All right, buying it. And, of course, it has to be the Blu-ray with the extras that I'm never going to watch because I don't like it. <laughs> so, I'm waiting for somebody to come over and be like, hey, do you have Halloween ends? Like, yeah. Do you want to watch it? Well, let me take it out of the wrapper. Then we can watch it. <laughs> Even though it's on Peacock. Oh, God, I, I'm Dave, the I have the, <laughs> I have the, the 4K right UHD uh, modern Halloween trilogy still in the wrapper, <laughs> probably for eternity. All right, but Dean, what else are we talking about before we get into the movie? So after 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 eight uh, long years, uh, M. Night Shyamalan has announced that he is leaving Universal Studios and he has signed a multi-year first look uh, deal with Warner Brothers. Um, hmm. This coming on heels oh, uh, of his recent him on any DC properties. No, I think this is a deal to uh, this is a deal for him, I believe, to continue to develop original content. Um, and uh, you know, this coming upon news that just two and a half weeks after it hits the theaters, uh, his recent uh, "Knock at the Cabin" is now available on for video on demand at a uh, 19.99 oh. rental fee and 24.99 purchase fee at any yeah, place online that you so choose to 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 get this film. So. Uh, but leaving Universal after eight years and signing a multi-year deal uh, with Warner Brothers. I'm not paying that price. <laughs> Too much. I'm good. Oh, God. Yeah, wait till it's like in the I, I, had, I had to feel bad because, you know, like I went and saw the movie in the theaters. Um, and then, you know, like, like I guess they, they kind of have like a little bit of a tradition, Bon and her mom, like, they go see the M. Night movies, like, when they release, you know, in theaters together. And, you know, her mom's getting up there in age and everything. So, like, you know, like, That's I kind of, nice. like, I didn't, she asked me, like, how was the movie? And I was like, yeah, you know, like, I didn't give her, like, any kind of opinion because I knew, like, she was planning to go see it, like, the next day or whatever, you know? And I wanted, I wanted to, like, warn her off. I wanted to tell her, like, don't, don't mm. do it. Don't, don't spend the money. <laughs> but, like. I didn't, you know, and, and I did. I genuinely felt bad because they went and they, they went and saw it. And, like, she, like, came out of the, the the movie and, like, immediately texted me and was like, why didn't you tell me that that fucking movie was that fucking terrible? She's like, I wouldn't have wasted <laughs> the money. Oh, no. And I was like, you know, like, all I could say was, like, I'm sorry. You know, like, I, it was all about you spending time with your mom. That was what was important, not the quality of the movie. You know, it was the time shared. You know, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. I think it's more about the time you spend with the person than the quality of the movie. But, yeah, just be like, ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to warn you, but, you know. Yeah, that's the way I feel about a lot of anime movies. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, might have to sell the seven seas like the monkey often does. <laughs> Watch mm-hmm. it that way. Uh, Ahoy! But I, get, I gave up. I gave up on M Night a long time ago. <laughs> uh, that show yeah. on Apple is not terrible. 
service, service. or whatever. Yeah. I've, heard good, I've heard good things about that. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, is that it for you, Dean, or do you have something else you want to talk about before we get in the movie? Uh, there's just a couple of a couple of things here that I can uh, go real quick. We know that uh, Scream uh, 6 is hitting on March 10th, and uh, both Paramount and Spyglass Media say uh, that this Scream 6 is uh, tracking to have the largest opening in franchise history. Uh, their estimates are mm-hmm. telling them to expect an opening weekend of $37 million, surpassing 2000s. Scream 3, which had an opening weekend of $34.7 million. And not only that, uh, there is going to be to celebrate uh, the release of uh, the Scream 6 film on February 24th, uh, the very popular Hollywood pop-up dinner series called Chain, uh, whose thing is they do pop-up dinners where they, uh, where high-level chefs recreate dishes uh, from chain restaurants, uh, elevating them to to a higher quality of cuisine. You should be thinking things along the line of uh, the Taco Bell Crunchwrap or the uh, Outback Steakhouse Lumen Onion and things of that ilk. Uh, but they're going to be pre- prevent presenting uh, the Stabby Meal, uh, which is a take on the McDonald's Happy Meal. Uh, <laughs> it is going to feature a... I want to make sure I have my details right here. Uh, it's going to feature an extremely medium-sized bone marrow chain burger, uh, a half-pound uh, bone marrow beef patty topped with American cheese, pickles, onions, ketchup, mustard, and chain's umami seasoning blend on a poppy seed bun. Uh, throwback fries are going to be a simple classic fry done right. And the Woodsboro Orchard's warm apple pie is, of course, going to be a take on McDonald's baked apple pie, a handheld cylinder of hot apples and cinnamon. And not only that, the Stabby Meal is going to include a toy in a form of a Screen 6 uh, pin uh, that is going to be in each of these Stabby Meal boxes. Uh, so come February 24th in West Hollywood, uh, you can be on the lookout for the Stabby Meal uh, from Chain uh, Restaurant Pop-Up Dinner Group. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Wow. Silence. <laughs> silence. Radio silence. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, right. usually I, I I finish the 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 story and then goes and then the king goes, is is that all, Dean? And that didn't happen, so I was just waiting patiently. But yes, uh, that that is all. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's get into the movie for tonight. It is the ghoul's pick of Nope from 2022, directed by Jordan Peele. Hit us with that synopsis and what you thought about it, and let's see if we say yup to Nope. Okay, so, so, uh, Nope. Okay. How do you, how, how do you, how do you synopsisize? I don't even know if that's a fucking word. How, how do you put together a synopsisize? Synopsisize. Um, a multi-layered creature feature playing with, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's regular sense of racial dynamics and, and interesting thought patterns all put together with a flying fucking monster. A real deal creature feature, you see. Not. Yeah. Not the Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking and, uh, good. Yeah, listen, you know what? I, I was 
very happy that I got to see Nope at IMAX in the theater. Me too. And fucking, you know, it was a, 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 oh, 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 I love this fucking movie. You know, this is now my third time seeing it. And uh, each time I watch it. Love it. it. I fucking I just, love it. If, if I don't catch something I didn't catch the first or second time, like this time around, I found myself questioning things, like trying to finally get to the answer for certain things that just don't fucking have an answer. Like, why is the shoe standing up? You know what? Like, I cannot, <laughs> yeah. I cannot fucking figure out what the fucking, like, I don't know what the significance is of that. And, you know what, hopefully maybe tonight we'll get to it. But uh, so, so I will let you boys have at it. So, so what did you guys think about Nope? Yeah, Steam, what do you think about Nope? Um, so this is an interesting one. I did see this in the theater, and I'm glad that I did. And, uh, you know, as it's one, like, like often the case with uh, Jordan Peele films, it's going gonna, gonna to float around in your brain for a while and uh, marinate, and you're going to think about it. And, you know, look, I'm, I, I have to say uh, that while, yes, on, on one level – uh, you know, it plays as like a, you know, a, a mystery suspense, you know, alien invasion UFO mystery. Uh, but on the other side of the coin, um, I feel here with this one, when I saw it, that there was like way more shit going on, uh, like kind of in between the lines that, you know, in the moment watching it, I have no problem saying was uh you know, in a lot of cases, uh, probably like a little bit too heady for me, especially considering the history of African-Americans in Hollywood, which, you know, is not something uh, that I have a huge grasp on historically, which Peel was exploring. Now, uh, as I oftentimes do after seeing something like this, I, I, I went home and, and thought about it and also did a bunch of reading. And I will try to find the article and share it with you guys. But like, there was one article that stood out to me of the many that I read that did, did a decent job of, of ex, explaining some of the, the, the historical treatment of African-Americans in cinema and Hollywood um, and some of the things that Peel was exploring here that I just don't have any base of knowledge about. And when I read this particular article, uh, it, it kind of framed it differently for me. Um, you know, which gave me a, a, a better appreciation, understanding, and admiration for what he was doing. I will, I will try to find the article and, and send it to you guys. But, um, you know, I, I do. I feel like this is one that can play both sides of that coin. But that, that other side of the coin is, is, is very deep and very, and very heavy. All right. Gordy, what did you think about? Nope. I got mixed feelings about this. Because this movie's got, to me, something about it gives off some, like, there are parts where it feels like it's giving off a lot of heavy Spielberg vibes. Something about it is, like, Mm -hmm. it's just got that feel of Spielberg, like, old-school Spielberg summer blockbuster kind of movie. Um, You know, just the, the... the way he shot it, the the tone of the film and stuff like that. But then on the flip side, you're going to sit there and have those vibes, but then you have a movie, in my opinion, where there's, <laughs> there's also no, <laughs> there's no background characters. It's like, right. you know, there's, there's very little extras in this movie. And it's just, you know, 
dude, you're telling me you don't have the money for background people? And it's just, you know, it's supposed to be well, a horror have, movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's just, you got, it's like, you're not, you're not committing on background people. Then when we get to something where it's supposed to be cool with the, you know, the scenes with the chimp and some finally having some weird fucked up shit happen. You're, you're still not going there because, okay, I guess you're trying to go, you know, theater of the mind and you're trying to show us less. And same thing with the alien attacks. You're kind of showing some stuff, but you're not really showing us stuff. It's like, I just wanted more from everything. I felt like this was half commitment on a movie. And it's just, I, I wasn't getting it. And I'm at the point now where I, me personally, I'm just getting frustrated with Jordan Peele because it's like, you know, this is now his third movie. And he's, on, in my opinion, he's only done one where I thought it was great. And, you know, his two follow-ups were, eh, you know, and I'm waiting for him to surprise me and give me a good movie again. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. This left me wanting so bad. <laughs> and this is after Fair. watching it. Um, this, and this is after watching it three times. <laughs> this, this was my Fair. third I viewing, mean, it, and it's just still. It's fair. Yeah, it's okay to not be a fan of Jordan Peele. Like, it's fine. Like, that's why I tell everybody. Like, it, it's fine if you don't like it. You know, it might not be for you. You know, and it's cool. But at least you give it a chance. You watch it for the show, and that's awesome. I commend you for that. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of Jordan Peele. I've loved all his movies. Get Out, Us, uh, and this movie, Nope. I think Nope I mean, might be my favorite of the three that he's done so far, uh, just because it was uh, very much inspired by Spielberg. Um, and for me to see an IMAX was a fucking experience. Like, it was so great to see this in IMAX and see all the set pieces just come together. And I just, I love it. I love the characters. I love that it was like, it might be a UFO, but maybe it's not. And him twisting it to be an organism and to make it that way. Um, and Daniel Kaluuya showing back up, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Ewan, like everybody I thought did great. But <clears throat> that being said, I want to get into my narration, as I always do. So the movie opens up with audio from a sitcom in the movie's universe known as Gordy's Home. And we see a quote, I will cast abominable filth at you, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. Nahum 3-6. We then cut to a soundstage where Bloody Shoe is standing upright, and we see the aftermath of a chimp rampage. And that's when we cut to the ranch at dawn in Agua Dolce, California, where O.J. Haywood is working with a few horses on the ranch. O.J. meets with his father, Otis, and we find out that the Haywoods run a ranch that trains horses for movies and television. But suddenly a wind picks up, and metallic objects start falling from the sky. Otis is struck in the eye by a falling nickel and dies once he arrives at the hospital. O.J. arrives at home to see Otis's horse, Vanessa, with a key stuck in her hindquarters. Um, everything happens so fast. Like, when the movie really picks up and you see Otis and he's on his horse and everything falls, he's being driven to the hospital by O.J. and he's trying to speak and he's trying to say words over and over again so he could be okay. But then they cut to that shot of his dead body with that eye just completely fucking gone. And you see a nickel is stuck in it. And I was like, that, that is great visual. <laughs> like, what well, the fuck what happened? The, like, did it fall for a point? Mm-hmm. You got it. Well, what he's actually saying are the names of their horses. 
Right. Yeah. Yep. Otis, Otis Jr. is just trying to keep him conscious. So he's having to mm-hmm. recite the names of all the the horses. You know, what I thought was such a cool little, like, uh, like blink and you miss it type of deal is the blood spurting out of yes. his head yep. onto the window. <laughs> yeah. You know, like watching yep. that the first time around, it was like, because, like, he's sitting there and he's talking, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he's not going to die. And then you see that happen, and it was like, oh, he's in bad, bad shape. No <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. But and so, and then when he actually then dies, though, I was so fucking pissed because I was like, "We got fucking Keith David in this movie, and now you <laughs> yeah. just took him out." And it's like because mm-hmm. I was so stoked when we saw him because I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome! I fucking love this dude." And no, don't get too no, attached to him. He's taken out. <laughs> it's like, like fucking Game of Thrones. So <laughs> we move six months later onto the set of a commercial where OJ is there with Lucky. A horse that's on the ranch, and he's just not the name is OJ. there anymore. You can tell. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Otis Jr. Um, but we could see that the death of his father has taken a toll on OJ. Like, he's just not really interested in being there. He doesn't want to be a part of this commercial, but he has to because the ranch has to make money. We also meet Antwerp Holst, who is a famous cinematographer that seems disinterested in the project. He played the villain in The Crow, so I was kind of glad to see him here. I was like, oh, shit, you were in The Crow, but yeah, um, he's yeah. He was also as, in Robin Hood as, too. <laughs> he was. So, who was he in Robin Hood? He he was the uh, sheriff of Nottingham's cousin, the one who got stabbed with the sword. Oh no, shit! The fucking yeah, you didn't know that. Wow. Who kept, yeah, kept yeah. Back. yeah. Didn't pick that up. Yeah, he he was the one who asked, "Why a spoon, cousin?" Uh-huh. Oh yeah, no, no, I know. Mm-hmm. Robin and, uh, and, and Akeem first get back, or Aziz, whatever it was. When they first get back, yeah. across, and they run into him when they were chasing a uh, wolf up into the into the tree and all that shit. Exactly. So, so Emerald, aka M, OJ's sister, shows up with a little razzle dazzle speech regarding the Haywood family for the crew as well as some safe dogs. Like, all right, you know, with the first family, you know what I mean? You know, first movie ever got made, Black Man on a Horse, that was my granddaddy, Haywood. All right. Like, you know, she's just giving him the razzle-dazzle as OJ's like, can we just get the fuck home? So M leaves to go well, to catering as OJ's over I know. Yes, go sorry, I know you were saying, like, you know, you feel like for OJ, like this is because of the death of his father and everything. I don't think it's just his father because you see earlier in the film okay. before his father dies – OJ, he just—he's not—he's not the showman, you know. OJ no, just no, wants yep. to work. He just wants to literally, and I mean, we see the actor, the character, literally do it. He just wants to put his head down and get the work done. That's his yeah. part. That's his role in, in all of this, you know. So he's—he's he's not that. That's why he's worried when M ain't there, you know. My, the, she's not here yet. Um, but, but yeah, so, so again, now, now you do got a sister who is the exact polar opposite. She, if you, yeah. since we didn't get enough of Keith David, we are going to get like a small bit of narration later when they put it on. When uh, you hear the father, you know, yeah. Keith David doing the same spiel that we're about to watch Kiki do, and he's kind mm-hmm. of the mix of the two of them. It's a calm, confident but outgoing way of saying all of this she's a little too much mm-hmm. oj's a little too little you know so so this is this yeah. is kind of the family dynamic that we're seeing here and it, it kind of helps you understand why she left she kind of had to you know yeah she did so 
she leaves to go to catering, and OJ's left the one with Lucky the horse. So they come up, and they're asking him all these questions. He's like, listen, don't look the horse in the eye. Don't show him anything. And, of course, they bring up a mirror, which causes Lucky to look at the mirror and freak out. And they're like, okay, well, we're done here. You're fired. So OJ's like, great. So, you know, I know I'm it not like my dad. As shit but... if they... <laughs> it would have been funny as shit if Lucky had actually kicked the actress. <laughs> and you just see her fly <laughs> <Yeah>. away. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so, I, I thought that too, but that's one of those mm, where it might have been too much humor for what they were showing, because yeah, another one of I those like, little subversive things that occur in this scene. If you notice when he's talking to the uh, to the producer about you know what he's saying, he's like you know we're just we're not going to use you, we can't use you. If you look in the background, they're wheeling in a horse prop, which will be the CGI yeah. horse. It's all green mm-hmm. green horse with the X's on it. They're just saying, hey, look, this is, this is just Jordan Peele's way of showing yet another thing that's dying in the movie industry in general. You know, yes. like animal yeah. wranglers yep. are a thing of the past. We're going to get commentary throughout the whole film about, like, you know, the dangers of using real animals and why they're not. Ask Siegfried and Roy. You know, little things like that are going to go on throughout <laughs> So OJ decides to drive away with M and she's like, can I stay at the house for a little while? And he's like, all right, you sure you're not going to run away this time? And she's like, no, nah, I've seen a place to stay. I could stay with my daughter, but I want to stay with you. So he drives over to Jupiter's Claim, which is a Western theme amusement park owned by former child star Ricky Jupe Park. OJ has been selling the family horses to Ricky in order to keep the Haywood business afloat. OJ goes to meet with Ricky, but M manages to wiggle her way into the meeting as well. During the meeting, M realizes that Ricky was a child star, and he was her favorite of all time. And that's when Ricky is like, okay, you can browse around in the office, check out my stuff. He has a ton of merch from the shows he was in, like Kid Sheriff. But Ricky's real shine of fame is dedicated to Gordy's home. And Ricky's like, I don't show this to everybody, so but check it out. So he reveals his collection of the show, all the things, including the bloody shoe that we saw standing up at the beginning of the intro. And he talks about how they were shooting an episode called Gordy's birthday when the chimp snapped and caused the now infamous Gordy's home incident. Ricky then also relates that SNL did a sketch about it where Chris Kattan was a star as Gordy, and he was undeniable. Chris Kattan. (laughs) (laughs) And later, OJ tells her as they get home that Ricky wanted to buy the Well, here's the 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 thing, though. Okay, so again, so, so, so... like I said, this movie is just so layered at times. I'm even getting like high pitched yep. crazy boys. Sorry. Um, so like, if you look at the, the the Gordy situation in general, right? I mean, you can easily take that whole entire sequence and relate to, and it, it, maybe it's a stretch, maybe it's not, but you could relate Gordy, you know, the performing chimpanzee to black people in cinema history in general and black people in general throughout history. You know, they are the trained animal. At one time they were not considered people. They were fucking cattle. So, so, so here Mm -hmm. you have Gordy, right? So what is fucked up about the SNL sketch? If you listen, he says every time (laughs) the word jungle gets said, Gordy freaks out. You know, Chris Kattan has his Mm -hmm. movie based on the word 
jungle. Now, we all know Chris Kattan, right? Chris Kattan ain't a fucking black guy. So they had a white guy playing the black, the, the, the Gordy character, but flipping out as if he was some black dude every time the word fucking jungle got met, mentioned. It's all of these, these little hidden, like, racism type of jokes that are in there that are jokes but aren't jokes. And they're fucking great. This was, like, again, like, I remember watching this the first time and, like, catching all these little things and being like, holy fuck, like, he really has something special here. I can't wait to see this again to see if I'm really seeing this and hearing this or is this just me picking up shit? But it's all there, and it's fucking wonderful. Oh, and Chris Kattan right. also played a character named Mr. Peepers on SNL, which was a chimp character, where he was, mm-hmm. like, half man, half chimp, where he was like, Mr. Peepers, no, fuck, 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 like, you know, and eating <laughs> apples and shit like that. So, you know, it was amazing that he brought that up. So at night... M and OJ bust into their dad's liquor cabinet and also spark up some weed because obviously M is into that. Uh, and they take some time to <laughs> talk that about the Teddy's legacy film. They spin some vinyl. And they talk right. about Jean Jacket. So Jean Jacket was supposed to be M's first horse, but instead OJ and Otis trained Jean Jacket for a Western. But it was actually the Scorpion King, and they ended up using camels instead. So it didn't really work out for the family to work on the Scorpion King. And that's when M looks outside and notices one of their horses, Ghost, in the arena. OJ goes outside to retrieve Ghost when strange lights appear in the sky. When OJ shouts for M to shut off the music in the house, Ghost runs away. OJ goes off in shirts of Ghost, and off in the far distance, you could see lights lit up from Jupiter's claim, and you could hear Ricky giving a speech that he's rehearsing uh, for a possible live show. And that's when all the lights suddenly turn off in the Haywood home, they turn back on, OJ looks up in the sky, hears a strange noise, but really just can't see anything up in the sky. And that's when M and OJ decide to look at the footage from the cameras set up around the farm but find nothing. He tells M that Otis was killed by objects falling from a supposed plane, but that makes no sense to him. He tells her he looked up and saw something that was way too fast to be a plane. So the next day, M's like, all right, all right, we need to go to Fry's Electronics because we've got to get that shot, baby. We've got to get the Oprah shot and we're going to sell this, and we're going to have a huge payday. So at checkout, they meet Angel, who convinces them to let them set up their surveillance footage. Once at the ranch, M leaves to get more stuff, and Angel hooks up all the devices. And he's like, so, hey, you guys looking for some UFOs or what they're called now, you know, UAPs? Because, you know, the government's all about that shit, right? And, of course, OG's like, I don't know, the name. (laughs) Yeah, they did. In actual reality, they changed the name to Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. They don't try to use the UFO term anymore, so they try to use UAP now because the government's always trying to do those things where it's like, hey, look, uh, we're going to lose some footage, but meanwhile, we're doing this. So Angel isn't too far off with his little rant about the government. Um, so Emma appears in a pickup truck with a horse trailer attached. She reveals well, that she Joe has a horse decoy, sure which she calls All those UAPs for us, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, M clearly steals a horse prop from Jupiter's claim. And she's like, oh, no. Yeah, it. It's fine. <laughs> so, of course, Ricky shows up far away in distance, and he's like, hey. And she's like, you don't have to come any closer. It's fine. And he's like, all right, so uh, where'd you get that? And she's like, I bought it. And he's like, yeah, we have those two. And she's like, all right, cool. And he's like, all right, I guess I'll get out of here. Thumbs up, thumbs up. By the way, having a live show this Friday, you guys might want to get to. And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> I, just, I love the back and forth. 
where he's just like, all right, thumbs up, thumbs up. Like, you know, and they leave. And then we cut to that <laughs> night with Clover. Clover the horse is the next segment, and M is asleep, and OJ is making a handheld mirror when he hears something in the stable. OJ goes to investigate when he finds the power turned on in the stable. He shuts it down, but as he begins to leave, the power kicks on again. Turning around, he spots alien-like creatures moving oddly. Nope. Nope. OJ is not having any of this. He pulls nope. out his phone to record one of them. As one of them appears behind him, OJ straight up punches the alien, and it's real to be with these kids, and they let Clover out. And then meanwhile, back at Fry's Electronics, Alien taps into the OJ and M's equipment to find out what they're doing, because he's, well, sneaky sneak. Back at Fry's Electronics, I, trying to find out what's going on. I love the sequence with fucking Jupes, kids, man. Because, you know what, the first <laughs> yeah. time around, you know, watching this movie, A, you know, I, I felt for it. I was like, oh, because again, I didn't know it was a fucking creature at this point, you know what I mean? I'm sitting there thinking, great, you know, this is going to be your typical fucking... You know, your typical alien fair, this is some kind of invasion thing, and, and we're just getting it from, you know, from the African-American perspective, since that's typically not what we see with, with our, our standard, you know, alien type of movies. Also, right, because like, it's stupid so, white people that always believe this shit. Of course, <laughs> you know, but, but also it was fun because in my theater, you know, as I said, you know, I, I did get the two african-american women that were right behind me during the movie so as soon as like that started happening you also had them going nope 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 it just to get their reaction to it because it just really it just really mirrored everything you were seeing on screen at the same time now when i watched it this time like each subsequent time i've watched it you know i watched it with uh with bonnie the one time watched it with uh with sam last night um it's great watching their reactions to this sequence because you know they're also mm-hmm. thinking at this point that this is an alien invasion so like they get creeped out by like the the weird movement characters that we see in movies now so yeah as soon as that fucking thing popped up like you know both of them were like yeah no no I'm good like Sam's under the fucking <laughs> nope. blanket like hiding her eyes like no no I, I don't want to see this shit she's like I, I gotta go to bed in an hour you to be watching this yeah so M checks the camera for you similar vibe in the theater by... uh, in that mm-hmm. sequence when I saw yeah. it too that was the one and I saw it in a pretty in a pretty full house and um you know that that got the theater a buzz because I feel like like in most cases people were thinking this was going to be a straightforward alien invasion film for sure. And yeah, that it's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the the whole aliens in the stable because you know, they're moving so weird and they're confronting him. But M checks the camera feeds only to be surprised by a praying mantis landing on the camera. Angel calls and tells her that one of the cameras is down as OJ finds Clover to bring back home. Clover freaks out and runs away from him. There's something moving in the sky as M shouts to OJ that it's in the cloud. Run, OJ, run! So OJ hauls ass and finds a place to hide. As M chucks Sour Patch Kid's candies at the praying mantis to get it the fuck off the camera, OJ observes a dark round object pass in the sky. He watches as Clover and the decoy horse are pulled up into the sky by the object as M sees it disappear over a ridge. M wants them both to leave, but OJ is staying because he has mouths to feed. He has all the horses he has to take care of. And that's when we cut to a flashback where Otis is talking about Ghost, the horse, and how some animals ain't fit to be trained. Some animals are just wild. You can't do it. So 
we cut to the next day. M calls Antlers Holst, the cinematographer, and tries to uh, recruit him to shoot the impossible shot as part of a quote-unquote documentary. He tells her that this is a dream she's chasing, and it's one you never wake up from and properly hangs up on her. Angel arrives and shows a footage of the sky and a cloud that never moves. OJ thinks hey, that the hey, cloud hey, is one of UFO hides. Yep. Next. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things I was kind of frustrated with the casting of this character uh, was just... Which one? A- Angel or gonna, Antlers? Antlers. Was just okay. if you're going to have someone talking like the talking like Lance Henriksen and acting like Lance Henriksen, it's like, you should have just gotten Lance Henriksen to do this. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, it, it, was almost, it, it, was, it was almost like he was doing an impression of Lance Henriksen the entire time. It's yeah, well, just how well, I took his acting. I saw him in The Crow, and I saw him in this, and I'm like, he's just doing The Crow. Like, he's just doing that guy. Hey, all right, you never know about dreams, man. Like he's I mean, that's his, that's his thing, though, in, in, in every role yeah, that that yep. guy's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no matter what he's dressed up as, as far as costume-wise, like, he's got that very distinct, unique voice um, where, like, like he's one, he's one of those that if I'm in another room and the TV is on and you hear him, you're like, oh, it's, it's, I, I always forget his name off the top of my head. But, um, you know, that's, that's he's just one of those guys that has that kind of unique delivery in, in, in every yeah. role that, that I've seen him in. Yeah, I, I had no problem with it. So um, they, they decide that it's not the fact that it's hiding behind a cloud. OJ says the movement is weird. Like maybe it's not a ship. Maybe it's like an organism. But we don't have time to really deconstruct that because we cut back in time to the set of Gordy's home. It's a taping of the birthday episode, which led to the ship attack. As the birthday box is opened, a bunch of balloons emerge and pop under the hot lights of the set, which sets Gordy off on a bloody killing spree. Ricky hides under the table and watches as Gordy smashes the face of the mother and then soon chases down and kills the father of the show. Gordy pulls off his stupid birthday hat and spots Ricky. Gordy climbs under the table to give Ricky a fist bump just as he's gunned down by the police. Leaving Ricky to be fucking stunned. So remember, they, they they had the first exploding fist bump at one point. Those two. They, he, yeah, he made mention of that. And just the fact that he didn't want to kill Ricky, he wanted to give him the fist bump, and he gets gunned down. You know? <laughs> I just love yeah, the, the, him pulling that fucking hat off. Like, fuck this hat. <laughs> you know? And hitting the girl's yeah, foot. It, like, as he's tapping the mom's foot. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was the mom or if that was Mary Jo. Um... Like, cause you know, cause that, we we find out that Mary Jo survived, so I don't know if it was him checking to see. Like, it's 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 weird how it's portrayed because yes, you know, we hear the balloon go off, and now again, if we take into account other things that have been said throughout the movie, you know, no loud noises. You know, they startle the animals. Now we know they startle horses. We can assume you know other animals as well. So if that's what sets him off, that's what sets him off. You know, Jupe, you know, Ricky's going to tell us, you know, he just had it. You know, like, it just one of the, the yeah. kids that played Gordy just, just snapped, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. As if, yeah. like, there was never any, like, discussion or study as to why this, this incident occurs. So are we getting the truth now by, by seeing this sequence? Like, I'm, I'm going to guess yes. You know, we, we know that it's that. In a lot of ways, he seems remorseful. 
when he gets mm-hmm. to the point of seeing Ricky under the table. It's almost like yeah. he realizes what had happened, that he did something that he can't take back. And, like, look how frightened somebody is that, that he was typically friendly with, or she. Uh, you know, you know, I don't even know if the, the, the chimp in question. We know that no, none of the chimps are really Gordy. We know that it's just one of the chimps, one of the chimps that play Gordy. Right. They had multiple chimps playing this character. Uh, yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. in, in world and in story. That, that's how, like, I kind of took it. Because if you look at the chimp's face during this sequence, like, it's, it, it's sad. It looks frustrated. It looks like it knows it did yeah. something that it shouldn't have done and and it's depressing mm-hmm. you feel bad for it because it's like great you know yeah, like shit and then and then boom you get a fucking bullet to its head that, that was quite the shock oh yeah so meanwhile back at jupiter's claim ricky's getting ready for his live show like he's ready he has lucky the horse meanwhile oj is saying i have to go back to jupiter's claim to get back lucky like i just need to bring it back but Ricky is full steam ahead with his live show. He's got all these people there. He has Mary Jo from Gordy's home there. She has a pink veil over her face, and we get to see clearly some bad scarring on her face from that attack by Gordy. And he's talking about how he had seen something in the sky, some kind of thing that he couldn't explain. And, you know, he had a horse named Trigger that went down into a gulch, and it got taken <laughs> off from that gulch. So at this point, he reveals Lucky in a glass enclosure, he calls the beings in this supposed ship viewers. And in about an hour, the Star Lasso experience is going to change them all. But that's when all of a sudden we see the flags from the decoy horse that got taken the night before appear in the foreground. And it appears, and that's when the organism appears ahead of time. So Ricky has to hurry the show up. He opens up Lucky's enclosure, but Lucky's like, I'm staying here. I am not leaving my enclosure. And that's when all the audience begins to look up as well as Ricky. And that's when the sucking really starts. We see the audience being sucked up into the organism, and we see them being squeezed and seemingly digested as OJ shows up at Jupiter's claim. So they're banging on the sides of this esophagus, of this organism, UFO, whatever you want to call it, screaming and being sucked into it, incredibly claustrophobic, incredibly, incredibly fucking frightening. Like, like the one scene in the movie that fucking freaked me out the most was seeing them... Just- Blood, in this blood spurting down yep. on him and shit. Like it's just yeah, it's it's it's, it's it is. It's creepy. It's gross. It's like ill. Like I, it makes me feel bad for my food. You know, like at least my food isn't alive <laughs> yeah. though, when, I, when, I, when I'm fucking <laughs> eating it. But uh, yeah, yeah, and, and there are yeah. Like I, I know he's going back to get lucky because he realized what was going on. I think he started thinking yeah. about what he had heard. You know, that night when he was you know chasing the ghost out there and you know he saw the lights come on and you know the the whole star lasso like because you remember he looked at the uh the brochure that had blown out of his mm-hmm. hand and if you look yep. at it there's a you know and even if you look at his jacket he's got a spaceship on the back of his jacket yeah. showing like it showing mm-hmm. like beams coming yeah. down and stuff all these like little and his hat as to, and his hat exactly yes, like, that's so right. if you're if you're in a fucking cowboy western show, why is that on your outfit? You know, so that that's the reason why he mm. wanted to get lucky. He knew he wanted to save Lucky because you know it, it's one of his horses, and we know as he said, he's got mouths to feed. He cares about these animals. OJ puts his head down and is taking care of family, and these horses are family. So he arrives in his claim I, after everybody's sucked up. In. Yes, go ahead, Mikey. 
Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys. Okay, so just again, seen this several times. Okay, wanted to ask you, is is this his first time pulling off the show in front of a live audience? Yes. Or has He's been he been doing this? Never had a live. Because okay, so he was rehearsing when the lights were lit up. Yeah, like he was doing it alone. He was yeah. rehearsing. Okay, see, that's what I was so, trying to figure out is if he was doing previous shows before with other people. No. Yeah, no, he was rehearsing when, when OJ saw the lights on and he heard Ricky speaking. That was a rehearsal. Like, there was nobody there. Like, this was his first show. Like, he was expecting it to show up within an hour, and then all of a sudden it just shows up on his own. He's like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, he wasn't expecting that. And, um, and to uh, add to that, yeah, because here's, here's what we can also surmise. The six months ago, remember, he says in his little, his little get-up here, you know, six months ago, me and my family were witness to something. Yep. If you listen in the beginning of the movie, there's a news report going on about missing hikers. So yep. him and his mm-hmm. family probably saw this creature eat all those hikers. That incident, those hikers, are where the key and all the shit comes out that kills Otis yep. Sr., Mm-hmm. Because it okay. swallows the flesh and disregards physical objects. Yeah. Only wants blood and flesh. Disres- uh, disregards everything yeah. else. So, okay, so then that means that he shits the waste. Yeah. It's, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so, yeah. So then that means that also, like, you know, Ricky's wife and Ricky's kids also know what they're going to be expecting in this show, which then adds another level of fucked upness. About, yeah. you know, what? <laughs> because Ricky has been taking the horses that OJ's been giving him and sacrificing them to the ship, the organism, you know, so they, yeah. they are they expecting something like by, that. They assume by feeding it the horse, it's not going to eat the people. Uh, OJ gets to Jupiter's claim. Everybody's gone. He notices Lucky still in, you know, the enclosure, tries to call it numerous times, and it's just not moving. And the object flies overhead. OJ ducks down, finally manages to get Lucky into his trailer to bring it home, and that's when OJ gets through to M and discovers that the UFO is in the ship, it's an organism. Angel, who decided to leave that night, discovers that the power in his truck has died. All the lights of the Haywood home go out. Angel oh, runs back inside. I love it. So outside, all M and Angel can hear are human screams. Suddenly, objects from Jupiter's claim, as well as the people that were swallowed, begin raining down on the house, and as soon as a steady, a steady stream of blood onto the house. Great effect. Uh, O.J. arrives home just as his truck stops working. O.J. appears on the driver's side door. Great touch. He sees the, the organism overhead and quickly closes his door. Nope. And as he sits back in his seat, the <laughs> decoy horse, uh, horse smashes through the windshield. At dawn, the rain has stopped and power is sold restored to O.J.'s truck. Uh, so like, yeah, I'm fucking love this slow down version of it. Um, he manages to get it started, um, and the power to the truck cuts out just as he gets in front of the house. OJ sees that Angel's van is powered, so he makes his way over to it. Em and Angel run from the house towards him as OJ pats his leg quickly, like trying to get two horses back to go. Like, come on, come on, come on. Like, get to the fucking truck. Um, it's here. And that's when O.J. discovers that much like a horse, if you don't look at it, the organism won't eat you. 
The three lay well with Angels for the time being, with Angel using a VR headset, smoking some weed. And we also see a report about the Jupiter's claim incident that Holst is watching, which causes him to arrive at the ranch to be like, I'm in. Let's fucking go. So he notices the wheelchair on the roof. So he's like, that's new. And after seeing the report on Jupiter's claim, he's all in and helping them get their Oprah shot. OJ decides to call the organism Jean Jacket and that it needs to be fed. OJ agrees that he'll let Lucky out so they can make a plan where Holst will be on a ridge with a camera that is operated with a handheld crank because this organism relies on electricity and electronics. So let's use the handheld crank. And with Angel's help, they steal a bunch of electric-powered inflatable tube men, which will help them figure out Jean Jacket's location in the sky. This final day, OJ suits up, including putting on his Scorpion King film crew hooded sweatshirt as we cut to the Jean Jacket chapter card. The tube men are powered on, M turns on the record player, and Holtz begins filming using the handheld crank camera. OJ rides off and hopes of baiting Jean Jacket, but that's when OJ finds one of the tube men is down, but he picks it back up, and suddenly a guy in a white electric motorcycle wearing a mirrored helmet shows up. M confronts him, and he says he's from TMZ. M tries to tell him that he needs to turn around and go back, but he takes off anyway. And that's when Jean Jacket shows up, causing his motorcycle to fail, he crashes and begins screaming. OJ rides over to him and tells him to close his eyes as he begs OJ to take a picture. Realizing too late, he's like, it's over, man. Why aren't you OJ filming OJ bails this? on the guy and just walks up. <laughs> yeah. why, why, so, why don't you have your phone out? <laughs> so OJ is quickly it's swallowed funny. up. It's probably the, some of the funniest, like, you know, like trying to be oh, ha-ha yeah. humorous in the movie, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to say OJ. The, the motorcyclist is swallowed up, and you hear him fucking screaming as OJ rides away. It flies over OJ, who refuses to look at it, as Holst continues to film wildly. OJ pulls up his hood, which has two green reflectors on it, as he rides off. OJ then deploys, uh, deploys a colorful parachute, which Jean Jacket tries to go after. And you see this fucking thing swooping down, silver with a big black hole underneath, and as it swoops down and around, O.J. bails off Lucky and ducks into a shack. As it soars yeah, he's away, not, they all believe it's not swooping shot. after yeah. it. Because of the flag incident with the plastic horse, it's afraid of it. See, because that's what fucked him up the mm-hmm. first time. So when he deploys <laughs> yeah. it and it cuts to the side, it's cutting to the side to avoid that flag. He's basically try, he's trying to break the animal is what he's doing. Like they say, you know, you got to break yeah. its spirit. Yeah. So he's trying to scare this thing into, into submission in a way, you know, like I'm going to fucking frighten your ass and show you <laughs> you're being here. So with that happening, <clears throat> they all agree they got the shot. Like we got the shot, you know, Hulse has been filming the entire time and Hulse, he's incensed now. He's like, holy shit. Like, I could get a better shot. Like, I have to go. Like, I can get the ultimate shot. Angel keeps telling him, you don't have to. shot. But he eventually reaches up the mountain, and they're like, what the fuck is Holtz doing? And they're like, oh, he's going up the mountain to get another shot. And Holtz, of course, gonna be right. with his camera, he reaches that ridge, and he starts filming, and he's looking right up at the organism as it covers over him and then begins to suck him up into the air. And we see the camera footage, too, which I fucking love. You see his legs flailing in the air. You see him screaming as he's being sucked right up into this fucking organism. So he technically did get the greatest shot. He sacrificed himself to do that. 
the Oprah shot. Because he's, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. He got the impossible shot. You know what's the what's <laughs> really the only way you can what's the only way to do better than filming it from the outside? Well, is to to be so a part the of the inside. experience and to be getting it from the inside. So once he's dead, they're like, "Oh shit!" You know, holster just went up. He's gone. Angel manages to survive an attack from Jean Jacket. As he rolls down the hill, covered in a tarp, it also gets tangled up in barbed wire. As he begins getting sucked up, the barbed wire causes G-Jacket to reject Angel, and it suddenly changes forms into a squid-like organism. So it's no longer this UFO-looking thing. Now, all of a sudden, it's got tendrils. It's got a shape-shifting mouth. It's like a big square that multiplies and extends. Like, it, it was so cool to see it go from, like, one thing to another. Just because of that barbed wire, it's like, oh, fuck, barbed wire, that, that. <laughs> and it's like, all right, now, fuckers, I'm in this fucking organism form. What are you going to do now? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think it's also in response to the whole, again, trying to break it. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know what? I haven't even shown you what I really am yet. You know, what, what I mm-hmm. also found interesting, and again, I'm sure it was, you know, added in there by Jordan Peele, if you notice, when it's going at O.J., and it's flailing its 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 mouth or or, or whatever the, the the green square is. Yeah. The, the little tendrils coming off. If you notice, it's making mm-hmm. like a whip noise. You know what I mean? Yes, so it is. You yeah. got this thing <laughs> yeah. going at you this black guy, yeah. making these whip sounds, and it's it's again like <laughs> I said, there's these fucking layers, man, that this man puts into these movies, yeah. and you're like, dude, you're fucking, you you really are fucking something special. You really, really fucking yeah. like he's a fucking genius, man. It's fucking you know. I, I, I it's, yeah. I, I feel I, like in yeah. a lot of ways, I, there's like similarities to like you know how Tarantino made me feel in the '90s. Like I kind of get that same vibe mm-hmm. watching Bill's movies now. Oh yeah, I could definitely make that claim. I, I can't. You know, like I mean, you know, I know Monkey. You know, you're not a you're not a fan really of Jordan Peele. I know I am. I just, I see these things, and I'm like, this guy's fucking smart, man. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I couldn't believe that you caught that, the, the whip sounds, because I thought I was the only one that caught it, especially watching it now for, like, my fifth time. Like, oh, it's definitely there. Like, it's definitely, like, almost a taunt from the organism as it's going after you don't, OJ. Um, you don't hear it as clearly when it's doing it to the giant balloon. You know what I mean? Like, nope. that's the thing, too, yeah. because we're going <laughs> to nope. see this happen. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um, you know, so, so, again, you know all of these things are being put in there for a purpose, for a reason, for a message, to make you think, to make you question. Again, what's the purpose of the fucking shoe standing up? You know, probably nothing. Mm-hmm. It's probably there just to drive fucking people like me crazy who wants to know what the fucking it's purpose supposed- of the shoe standing up was. Because it's supposed to be it, the other shoe's going to drop. Oh, okay. That makes total sense. Wow. All right. Um, I know there's a video out there, I'm sure, that talks about the shoe standing up, but I think uh, Monkey might have the greatest uh, explanation to that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> OJ decides he's going to have to sacrifice himself to save M. So he's going to look right up Gee, at that Monkey, motherfucker. I got to give you credit, bro. Thank you, Gordy. I know, right? Like, that's amazing, Gordy. <laughs> anyway, so OJ decides he's going to look up at it, and he's going to try to lead it away so M can get away on the electric motorcycle that the, photo, uh, the TMZ guy left. 
she makes her way to Jupiter's claim, and she's like, this is the fucking endgame. Like, it's there. I know what I need to do. So she releases this gigantic helium balloon that's Jupiter's, uh, you know, uh, logo, you know, the, the right. mascot, whatever you want to call it. So she releases it in the, the air. Slide on that bike. <laughs> yeah, right, the Akira slide. Um, yep. she, oh, uh, hell yeah. She totally releases... cool. I said the same thing. I go, holy shit, man. I go, that's right out of Akira right there. That was done on purpose. So she releases it. <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. So she releases the helium balloon into the organism. The organism is trying to eat it, but it can't quite digest it. So she realizes she has to go to the well that could take a picture. Like, she still needs to get that shot. So she manages to get over to the well to get the camera to work just as the helium balloon explodes, killing the organism as well. And she manages to get the final shot before the organism dies of this huge fucking squid-like organism flying in the sky. And once she gets that, all of a sudden, everybody's showing up. All the reporters are showing up, and they're like, oh, shit, what's going on? She's like, don't worry about it. I got the Oprah shot, y'all. But she sees it. Exactly. You you hear them saying, you know, all that's left are like traces of it, but they've got plenty of footage of the traces of it. She's got mm-hmm. the, only shot, the only clear shot of the creature prior to its explosion. Because she got and the it's shot. It's a great fucking shot. The balloon. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the air from the photo that she took. Um, but as this happens, we also see OJ showing back up on Lucky, looking at her. She's looking at him. And I remember a lot of people saying back when this movie came out that he had died and she was seeing his ghost, but I think he lived. I don't think he died. I think he managed to escape the organism. And he's just showing back up to let her know that he's still there. Like he, he and Lucky so. are alive. I think you can read it both ways because, again, having, like, the fog and, like, that mist around and everything, it's one of those where I could see – because, you know what, watching it this time, I actually thought that. I was like, hmm, you know what, is he actually dead, and is she just kind of seeing him there, No, like, remembering, like, this is – you know, she wouldn't have had this if he didn't sacrifice himself. She wouldn't be alive at this moment if he didn't sacrifice himself. But it can be it could be read also that yeah he just he survived it which wouldn't surprise me either you know yeah well, I thought Peel wanted to actually oh, kill him yeah Peel wanted to kill him but the studio made him like force Peel to make him live at the end did they really I didn't hear yeah. that anywhere well that's interesting all right but anyway um <clears throat> so that is nope from 2022 i loved it you know and it was great talking about it with you guys but dean next week as we close out it is your pick what are we talking about next week is it my pick already well 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 i will tell you that if you have a library card you can get the hoopla app and see it for free otherwise there is uh, a 3.99 rental if that's not okay with everybody please let me know but the film that i would like to propose us watching for next week is from 2022 and it is called Project Wolf Hunting. Project Wolf Hunting. Okay. All right. So we'll be talking about Project Wolf Hunting on the show. So thank you for that. I don't mind. You know, I don't mind dropping a few bucks for it. So I'll do it that way. Uh, but thank you for the pick, uh, Ghoul. Thank you for joining us, Dean, for tonight's show. We'll be back here next week to talk about Project Wolf Hunting. Like Very cool. Goodwill Hunting. Something mm-hmm. along those lines. All right. Uh, Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? 
All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. All right, Ghoul, sign yourself off. I mean, listen, it's going to be magic soon, okay? So everybody is going to be all right, you know, because we don't deserve the impossible. And stay scared. (laughs) And remember always, Cocaine Bear is there for you. He's there for me. He's there for you. He's there for everybody. And we're going to see it this weekend. (laughs) I can't wait to make it my pick when it comes out. (laughs) Anyway, keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Nope. And we'll see you back here next week for Project Wolf Hunting. Yep.